What's up, guys? Welcome to the Coach Fitz Podcast, where we simplify exercise and nutrition so you can get leaner, stronger, and become more energized. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coach Fitz Podcast. Sorry if I sound a little stuffy right now. I uh, I don't know what happens. Sometimes you just go outside and the allergy fairy like shoots you down with their with their bow like Cupid and boom, is out like this. So apologies in in advance. Um, quick updates. Uh, let's see. This weekend, my brother is. I was going to say finally and dig at him, but no, no, he, he earned it. He deserved it. He stepped his game up and he got all of his work done, finished strong. And he's now graduating from James Madison university. So props to Connor. Great job. Proud brother moment. Um, what else? What else? Oh, whoever is doing that exercise advent calendar, keep it going because I know right about now the, uh, the exercises are cranking up in intensity, so good luck. <laughs> uh, and I think as far as updates go, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot going on towards the tail end of December because there's a whole lot coming in January. <laughs> but we always got this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive in. First topic, this ta- this. Uh, episode is getting to the gym. And what I mean by that is this is the absolute hardest part when it comes to starting a fitness journey, when it comes to just trying to get into healthier habits. The hardest part is just starting because that's the most intimidating. You don't have any old habits to fall back on. You don't have any experience. So it can be pretty scary. And it can be very, very intimidating first go around. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, a little backstory. Um, when in the gym that I used to work at, um, there used to be in the original location, there was this sticker that was on the front door. And it said, I'm probably messing it up. I think this is what it said word for word. Um, but when you went to go reach for the handle right around that spot, it said, you just did the hard part. And with the model that we used, it was all personal training, small group styles. So once you got in there, we kind of took over and told you what to do, which is nice. Like it's a very, if you can find a boutique gym by you that does that, that takes a lot out of the equation and makes it easier. But back to the sticker, um, that couldn't be more true. Like just getting there, like making the decision to roll out of bed or to not drive right past on your way home from work is so, so challenging because it's just, it's a new thing. It's disrupting your routine and it, it, we're human. Like nobody wants to change their routine. Nobody wants to add one more thing into their day. But once you see the results, once you feel how good it feels, to get to the gym, do it consistently and how your body responds, it feeds into itself. But that first step is really what it takes. Um, And then when you get there, now let's say you don't feel the greatest or this is your first time 
and you got a little bit of the heebie-jeebies and you're like, I don't know what to do, just go right to the treadmill. Just hop right on, do something mindless, get a little bit warm. And if you're not feeling the greatest, this is a good time to feel out. Um, are you actually like ready to train? Should you train really hard today? And, or are you just being lazy? It's a really good time to kind of figure yourself out. Then you can do some dynamic stretching, like doing like a runner stretch or um, some static stretching, like uh, hanging out in a half meal position. Again, just seeing what your body's given you that day, as far as like how much range of motion you have in your hips and your shoulders. If you feel great, if you feel like garbage and more times than not, nine times out of 10, you're going to be like, okay, I can get a little work in, like I can get it done. I can make it happen. And on those days that you really don't, that's fine. Just keep going on the treadmill, do what you can, like slow, steady pace, any activity is good. Um, and then if you want, you can do like some mobility stuff and that all helps a ton because that adds up over time doing 50 mobility sessions, even though it's low impact and we're not killing ourselves is better than sleeping in or for some people at least, or is better than driving past the gym and going to McDonald's every single day. So all stuff that you want to try and keep the habit of doing because you want to try and get your body and your mind in that habit of I'm going to the gym, make it mindless. It's not even a question. It's not a debate in your head. It's like, well, I go, I'm a healthy person. I'm an active person. I got to go. Um, and one thing you can do to try and keep that habit, to build on the habit is having some positive reinforcement that could be like, and sandwiching it with positive things like on your way to the gym, maybe tell yourself, okay, I'm waking up early. I'm going to go get my favorite coffee. Like I'm going to splurge a little bit. If I'm going to the gym two, three times a week, those two or three times, I'm going to go to Starbucks and get my absolute favorite mocha frappa crappuccino or <laughs> um, I'm not a coffee drinker, but <laughs> um, or when you're entering the uh, when you're getting into your car, if you have like an automatic starter and you have the ability to like pick music before you even get in your car, pick a playlist that gets you hyped. And then the second you open up the car door, it's like you have, I don't know, Rihanna blasting or Nicki Minaj or like Aerosmith. And you're just like, yes, I'm ready to go. Because sometimes that's what it takes. Like I crap on motivation a lot and I know it's fleeting, but it does get the ball rolling. So do what you can to get yourself motivated. And another thing, I noticed this a lot with the people I worked at at that former gym. Some of them would make it like a part of their morning routine where it would be like they do those things in the beginning, like they get their coffee, they'd meet at Dunkin' or something. They'd go to the gym, meet up with a friend at the gym so they have another reason to go. And then after that, they would go and get breakfast at like the local diner or something. Now, I know a lot of people don't have that flexible of a schedule, but something to think about, like even if you don't have the ability to go to the local diner and sit down for an hour or two, like if you're going to go work out, reward yourself with a healthy, delicious breakfast. So uh, you, that could be like Uber eating like something to your office. So when you show up, it's going to be there in like 10 minutes and you're ready to go. Or maybe you really do enjoy something at like Wawa or 7-Eleven and 
normally you wouldn't get it because of like price or whatever, like you don't want to make it a habit, but if you enjoy it and it's going to build this habit, it could be worth it in the long run, getting something like one of those quick wraps or like a breakfast sandwich that is, I don't know, ideally on a wrap or something that's whole grain or spinach or whatever, something in the healthy range. Like we're not going to McDonald's and getting like your egg McMuffin, which I mean, it's not terrible, but (laughs) you get the point healthy and delicious and rewarding, ideally. Um, And those are all things that are really, really going to help because it's just setting the habit. Once you set the habit and you get to that point where it's mindless, that's where the success happens. Because if you got to like talk yourself into it, force yourself out of bed every single day, it's never going to last. So hopefully those tips help. Um, Next, the concept of less is more or doing less in the gym gets you more benefits. Now, a lot of people, when they first hear this are like, Oh, what? (laughs) And like, I think it's a little misunderstood as far as like some people going out and saying like, just by doing less, you're going to get such a better benefit when it's like, there's a lot missing there. So let's start off with who this applies to when it comes to the people that this would be best for. These are the people that stay at the gym for like hour and a half, two hours, and just are doing like gut-wrenching workouts, um, doing ridiculous amounts of sets. And yeah, just workhorses, like great mentality, bad execution. Um, Doing in that case, like doing half the work would improve things like mobility, how you actually do the exercise, um, improving recovery, between sets and even when you leave the gym. And that's going to equal better results because there's such a thing called junk volume. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the term, let's say you went to the gym and you did a leg day. So you did some heavy squats, you did some heavy leg presses, hamstring curls, calf raises, glutes, more glute stuff, and you're trashed like by the end of it. Chances are those last two, three exercises, those last couple of sets did not look good. Yeah, and sorry, excuse me. (laughs) And if those reps don't look good, if your range of motion is cut in half, if you're doing half reps, okay, that stuff is not as good as a full range of motion. That stuff is not as good as if you were able to use the most maximal weight with that range of motion, because sometimes just for the sake of sets, we'll dial the weight down and we'll just force it through and be like, I'm just getting in more work. More work is like how I get it done, how I get results. Not, not necessarily. (laughs) The thing that gets you the best results is the best method. And the best method isn't always the most. (laughs) I should put that on a t-shirt. So get in the name of getting the most bang for your buck. You really can't go wrong with doing Like I usually stick around four to six exercises with three to four sets each doing like three to four, maybe like max five days, uh, in the gym. So that that's what I usually stick to. And for most people, I believe that is where you get the most bang for your buck. And if you look at things like, um, 
There's a guy, Mike Isratel, who's very well known in the bodybuilding space. Uh, and he talks about uh, minim minimal effective dose, like um, he calls it MRV, minimal. Uh, oh, man, I'm spacing now. <laughs> There's MRV, which is maximal recover recoverable volume. <laughs> And there's the flip side of that, which is minimal effective volume, I guess you could call it. It's been a while since I read his book, but the concept still holds true. You can get a lot out of less than you think. And doing more than you can is not a good idea. Like everybody has their upper limit, which is that max, maximum recoverable volume. If you go past it, you're dipping into recovery stores and like you're putting a crap ton of stress on your body. Like the amount of a stress response that you get when you start getting to that overtraining zone is like exponential compared to pushing it just enough, just enough. So you get a, enough of a benefit from it. You get progress, you recover fully, you come back stronger, more muscle, better bone density, all of that. Because that's the name of the game. It's not a bragging contest of, oh, I was at the gym for two, three hours, or, oh, I did 30 sets. You only did 20. It's finding what's right for you and doing what is right for you. Like figure it out and go, go after it, hit it hard, hit it heavy, get in, get out. That's it. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that topic. <laughs> and now the big one is the nutritional topic of the day, which is portion control tips. I put this in there because a lot of times when you see it on social media, like especially with a lot of the people that I've been in like mentorships with and like just this general space of the fitness industry, I guess you could say is hyper-focused on calories. Now, do calories matter? Absolutely. Like calories drive the results, like, or I shouldn't say that calories drive the scale and depend like that's just weight. So if you eat less calories than it takes to maintain your body weight, you're going to lose weight. And if you eat more than that, you're going to gain weight. Now, weight doesn't mean fat though. So when we're losing weight, if you want it to be mostly muscle, or sorry, if you want to keep the most muscle and you want to lose the most fat, that's going to come down to eating enough protein, getting enough sleep, working out hard and covering your bases nutritionally other than the protein. And if you want to gain the most muscle possible while not gaining as much fat, same rules apply. Now, this is all nice and everything like th these are the guidelines, but that's like what the results are. That's not the method. Okay. And what I mean by that is you need strategies that are going to help you hit those targets. So we're going to go towards the end of fat loss since the majority of the population is overweight and possibly obese. Most people are in that category of wanting to lose weight. So the big one when it comes to losing weight is controlling for portions because portions are like, depending on how how big or how small that's going to dictate how many calories you get in. See, we're reverse engineering here, working from the calories and then working back. Okay. Now, when it comes to portion control, there are a couple of tips that you could focus on during your day that are super simple. 
like very easy to implement. And you're going to think this is it. And then look back months from now and be like, holy crap, that worked really well. And that's the stuff that makes the big difference. Okay. I could give you calories all day and just leave you to your own devices, which I kind of do in the beginning. So people can feel out what they're eating and how um, significant the calories are and like how they feel hungry or not hungry and stuff like that. Good learning experience, but eventually you get to a point where you need a little bit of help to get to that point where you need to be um, in that caloric deficit. And that's where these habits help. So first thing that I, that I put down was smaller utensils or inconvenient utensils. Now, I'm not saying to eat soup with a fork, but like if you're going to have like a rice bowl, like with some chicken and stuff, instead of going for the gigantic like ladle, like grab the smallest, oh, there's the stuffiness, grab the smallest um, spoon that you can find. And when you do that, it makes it harder to eat faster. And when you don't eat as fast, it gives your brain the ability to catch up and it gives your stomach the ability to send the signal to your brain that, hey, we're filling up down here. Okay? Because a lot of people, when they eat super duper fast, it delays that re- or that response isn't fast enough. And by the time you actually feel full, you're not like pleasantly full, you're stuffed. <laughs> so smaller utensils help. Um, I actually have a working theory that uh, the Asian population, because they are generally leaner than the Western uh, countries and stuff, I think it's because of the chopsticks. And I swear to God, (laughs) I really think that that plays a little bit of a role because have you ever tried to eat rice with chopsticks? It takes forever. And again, that helps. And if you're eating noodles, you can't like fork it and then make this gigantic wad of spaghetti and spin it around and like make it look like you're eating a baseball every time. You can't do that with chopsticks. So if you want to learn something new and fun, give chopsticks a go. It's going to be extremely frustrating, but it's going to get you closer to your goals. Um, Another thing. um, Yeah, I think that's as far as utensils go, the most inconvenient ones I can think of. So yeah, or you could, another one would be fork with like stuff that um, you typically use a spoon for, not liquids, but like solids. Um, First things that come to mind are like rice. Um, You could pick smaller forks like for noodles and stuff. So if you are going to do that little twirl around, like it's not as big of a wad of spaghetti and stuff like that. But yeah, Um, next is single servings. Now, this one is a little bit on the uh, more expensive side, but it could potentially save you money because if you're the type of uh, household that usually has family size everything, this is a big one that can help because if you're having those single servings, like it, it is limiting you to what is in the bag. And for those people that get a lot of satisfaction out of clearing the plate or emptying the bag, this is a really good one. I'm that type of person. Like if I don't see the bottom, like if I didn't wipe my, my plate clean and lick it, it's not done. So single serving stuff, like you can empty the bag, you can like pour it down your mouth like we've all been guilty of, or maybe just me with the Doritos and the Lay's and the salt that is in the pretzel bags. Um, I'm getting hungry. 
but you, you get my point. These single serving bags are going to limit you and give you a bit of a uh, productive boundary. So when you have to go back for that second bag, instead of having this gigantic bag of like skinny pop, that's like the size of your torso and you're just going to town, you finish the single serving bag and you're like, okay, now you have that like brief moment from when you get from the recliner to the pantry. And you're like, am I hungry or am I just bored? Hmm. And then sometimes, I mean, happened to me last night, you're going to make that decision and say, screw it. <laughs> but there will be opportunities where you're just like, all right, I felt it out. This is all right. I don't need the next, I don't need another bag. I'll be all right. And when you get more days like that under your belt, that helps a lot. And that drives those calories down. Um, and when it comes to measuring out portion sizes, like for counting your calories, way easier scanning that individual bag than um, weighing it all out in a bowl or something like that. So much, much easier. Same with like almonds and stuff like that. Like nobody likes to look at eight almonds and be like, that's all I get. But you get that single serving bag and you're like, damn, this has, a, this has a couple in there. This has a good amount. Like I could do this when in reality, it's the exact same amount. <laughs> um, yeah, so single servings for the win. Next is kind of in the same realm as the utensils, but smaller bowls and plates. Now for this one, it allows you to fill up your plate, fill up your bowl to the brim, which mentally looks very satisfying. Like, again, like I have the fat, ten, the fat hobbies or not fat hobbies, the fat uh, tendencies where I need everything busting at the seams and I want to finish the entire thing. So for someone like me, this is great because you could have your food pouring over the sides and you're like, I'm getting so much when in reality, you're getting like half the portion of the bigger bowl or the bigger plate. And you get that satisfaction of seeing the entire plate or bowl completely clear because it doesn't take as long to eat it up. But if you combine that with the smaller utensils, uh, sorry, guys, I went completely mentally off track because now I'm like, oh, you probably look like a giant with tiny stuff. Um, but um, sorry, ADD kicking in. So you, you, Throw in those two things together, the bowl or the plate being small and the utensils being small. That's a win. <clears throat> That's a... <clears throat> That's a win-win. Sorry about that. I just choked on some tortilla chip. Note to self, don't eat before doing a podcast or don't eat anything that gets stuck in the back of your throat. It used to happen to me all the time on the floor. I'd eat like a thing of almonds and they'd just be sitting in the back of your throat and you're trying to yell to 20 people and you're like, ah. um, I digress. Back to the smaller bowls and plates. Obviously, very good, very good for controlling the portions without having to think about it too much and mentally satisfying. Next is the one plate rule. I will beat this drum to death. The one plate rule is awesome. <laughs> it 
like, especially if you're um, in need of flexibility, if you're in a lot of social situations where you're, you don't want to be that person, like it's not even healthy, but to break out a scale and measure everything, like, no, nobody should be doing that. Um, or that person that brings their Tupperware everywhere, like that is not healthy. Like, I don't care what you say. I used to be a bodybuilder too. It's not necessary. It's just so you could, it, like, it's one for the people that want to be the center of attention. And two, it's for people that are scared and don't know any techniques to get around that. But anyway, <laughs> one plate rule is a great go-to. So you don't have to be that person. All the one plate rule is, is picking a standard size plate. Now we're getting away from the smaller plates, going back to the normal size. And with that standard size plate, you fill it up with whatever the hell you want. I mean, you could go completely off the walls, like just all greasy food and all that stuff. And as long as you're not stacking, you're good to go. That's like level one. But if you want to be good about it, if you want to get the best results possible, start by filling the center of your plate with protein and then put a bunch of veggies down on the plate and then leave a little like quarter of the plate for the indulgences. That's ideally because you don't want to deprive yourself either because you're going to do that one plate if you do nothing but like a salad and a protein and you eat it all up, you finish your plate and you're still hungry and you see all the desserts come out or like you see the wings or the chicken parm at the at the buffet area and you're just like, oh, I need more than that one plate. Then it opens up the gates for potentially binging. So whatever you're craving, make sure to put a little, a little bit of that, get your, like scratch that itch, get your fix and then move on. And last but not least, because I actually just implemented this recently and it works very, very well is trying to chew your food to completion. I am personally king of wolfing down my food. Like my girlfriend gets on me all the time about how fast I eat. And I guess as a kid, like it was just always like, I don't know. I always wanted that taste on my tongue, like the entire time. So God forbid I took a second to chew and really actually like taste my food. Ugh. It's like I was in a race or something, but taking the time to chew your food helps with many things, not just portion control. Another big one is digestion because digestion starts with your teeth, like chewing it up. That is like step one of your body breaking the food down. So if you chew up all your food extra and make sure like it's completely soft, there's no unchewed parts that makes it that much easier on your digestive system to keep breaking it down. So this could help, like it could potentially help with bloating, with like reflux issues and different things like that. I'm not saying it's a fix all, but for some people, it could be a very, very big difference. So when you're chewing, like I, I know that there's people that say, oh, aim for like 20 bites or 50 bites, but it's like, then you get that like little bite and you're just like chewing for the sake of chewing. Like, no, just focus on making it as soft as possible. So as like, if there are no more solid parts in your mouth, then you're good to swallow. So just chew it up to completion and then do that. And that again is going to allow your body to take a second, feel how full you are, 
to let your stomach send that message up to your brain and say, we're about to get to that point. And then you'll be able to feel it, feel content. You'll feel satisfied and you won't feel like you're busting at the seams. It will help a lot. So those were my tips. Um, I think, yeah, that, that was all the ones I could come up with. I know there's plenty more and I'll probably put a bunch more in subsequent posts because that's what happens. You think you nailed it all. You put it up on the internet and boom, you're like, damn, I forgot that one. So be on the lookout for more stuff like that. I'll just keep posting the tips as they pop into my head. I hope that you guys found this uh, useful. Um, so yeah, hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Go kick some ass and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review. If you found the information helpful, go ahead and share it with somebody you think could use it too. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.